Oh wow, we're so cute. <laughs> Hi friends, how's it going? It's Leo WD. <laughs> My name is Leo WT, and you have found your way to the Conversations Podcast. Conversations exist to create spiritually minded conversations about life. We desire to create safe space for dialogue and community. We desire to come together regularly and intentionally to generate conversations about life, belief, and the intersection of the two. Everyone is welcome. All right, my friends. So it's Mother's Day with Leo WT. We're here in a different space. Uh, my office did not get bigger. I just conveniently had another purple wall to use. Um, but so we're here and we're going to chat for Mother's Day. So first off, I got my mom some special presents for Mother's Day, which we obviously have to share. So do you want to show them your beautiful presents? So my first one is home is where the mom is. And that... <laughs> for us is much truer than you know because we have moved numerous times. Yes, we have. <laughs> and sometimes we didn't even have a home to live in. We were living with someone true. or in a place. Yeah. And so irregardless, if I was there, that was home. Um, my other gift is this. I'm really pumped about this one. My mother's life. And so this is um, something that I can share memories mm. and things that um, we've experienced that maybe aren't recalled or don't come to mind right away. Um, well, I mean, since I'm getting so old, you know what I mean? It's going to be good for my memory. Exactly. However, I'm looking to live till I'm 100. She is. I do tell everyone that. <laughs> and so I will have a lot of memories to print in this bad boy. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Um, it's such a funny story because I, some of you folks who know me know that I've moved a ton in my life. And what's funny, I always tell people this, I'm 32 and I've moved 32 times. But for every time I've moved, my mom has moved another time. So you're, you've moved more than your age. I probably have moved more than my age because <laughs> my, past, my father was a pastor also. So yeah. um, we moved. It, it was that was the norm. It, it was, was the, the norm. norm for us. It was the norm. So, um, okay. So let me, let's start off with this. I usually have my guests introduce themselves. So can you tell all of the four viewers who are watching, um, a little bit about, uh, just your childhood, like where you were born, kind of a brief summary of your life and how you got to where you are right now. I don't understand why she said brief. But, <laughs> um, actually I do. So, um, I was actually born in Santa Rosa, Florida. My father was in the Navy and um, him and my mother were there and I was born in Florida. We moved back to Smithport and that is largely in part what I recall and remember as home. Mm -hmm. um, then my father became a believer. He owned an auto body shop. He decided that he was going to sell that shop and go to Bible school and change his career. Just a little change. Just a small little change. Small change. So that was the first time I, we moved the day I turned 13 because that was mind-blowing. And um, it's really a, a wonder I graduated. It was okay. But anyway, we got through that. Basically, what you can read through the subtext is Jill's a badass. <laughs> Well, what's your, where there's a Jill, there's a will. Where there's a will, there's a Jill. That is, so, that is what I say. <laughs> so those were some really tough years for me because I didn't have the skill set um, to know how to walk through them. And then um, I met my first husband, Greg. Um, I did not 
marry a pastor, nor did I intend to marry a pastor. Um, and in a turn of events, um, almost losing our marriage, etc., um, we ended up at Bible school and went to Bible school. And in between there, I had two kids and um, I could have had 20. So we had two and we were done. <laughs> There's that. And um, there has been absolutely no greater joy than to be a mom for me. Um, there is no mountain that I would not climb, no river I would not swim. This is true. Um, <laughs> Stories to come. For my children. And they know that. Yeah. They know that. My love is, I, I love hard. I love deep. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's a little brief yeah. of who I am. There's a lot of other things. Oh, hair dresser, work here, work there. That's me. So. Yeah. In case you guys are wondering where I get my hairdressing skills from, I think there's something in my genetic code that came from my mom because I don't, the first, I've done a lot of things. I've done a lot of things in my life. <laughs> but the first thing I've ever done in my life, it took me thir you know, almost 30 years to find something that I felt naturally good at other than talking because I'm very good at talking from a young she age. Is. So. <laughs> two. H2. Yeah. H2. So we're going to get into some fun tiny Leo stories, but I wanted to let you guys know something first. Oh, Natalie says hello. Oh my goodness, Christina Champlin says hello. People hello, are really Christina. excited to see you. I know. I had people stop at me and say, hey, I saw it. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Little did you know, I'm pretty big and only in. So, uh, but I wanted to bring my mom on, and there's no outline for this, so it might be chaotic, but welcome to my brain. But I wanted to bring my mom on because a lot of you guys know that I'm, I'm gay, um, and my mom is Christian. And so some people think that those two things can't coexist, but if there's anything I've tried to do with conversations, it's show people that if you love somebody, oh, if you can build a relationship with them, you can talk about anything. And so I want you to know that my mom uses uh, she, her pronouns and used my birth name, Joelle, because that's the name she picked for me. And we're gonna find out why later. Uh, but I wanted you to know that when you're seeing this, that's that's our relationship. I love my mom very dearly. Uh, she's probably one of the biggest influences in my life, if not the biggest. Uh, my passion and my tenacity come from from my mom 100%. And so I just want to let you guys know that as a preface. Um, so you're going to notice that when we talk. It's not weird to me. It shouldn't be weird to you. If you feel weird about it, we can talk about it later. But I just wanted to let you guys know that so I don't get like a barrage of messages like, because I love my mom, I don't step to her. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have I have a range of questions for you. I got like a lot of them, and I have some very funny friends. So um, <laughs> let's start off with well, why did you pick Joelle? Tell me about that because I don't know if I know um, the whole story. I had um, considered a couple different Joe Dash names. Mm -hmm. um, actually, this one is this goes out to she would have been my baby sister then. We're not so young anymore. <laughs> um, she was in French mm -hmm. and. The whole thing with Al and a girl, mm -hmm. and initially there was the thought of it being Joe Dash L, mm. and then it formed into Joelle, and then I went with her middle name is Lynn, which and it still is. Crazy thing, she's named after my sister, mm -hmm. and my sister's first daughter is has my middle name as well, and ironically, she's not here today. <laughs> Um, she's in a better place. Yeah. However, she actually has my, her, and a very close to that aunt, mm -hmm. um, and has 
the middle name. Yeah. Her, Lynn. Yeah. So for those of you guys who've seen my tattoos, I have a J-L-O tattoo on my right arm, and that's for my Aunt Julie, uh, who passed away. My Aunt Julie was not my mom's uh, baby sister, but her younger sister, uh, and she passed away, like, quite tragically a couple years ago. Wow, it's been over a decade. I'm getting old. Uh, but she passed away, which was really, really rough for our family, but... Um, something that my family does, something that I get from my, the own side of my family and from my mom, definitely is that like loving heart. And so we really, when my aunt Jody passed, or my aunt Julie passed away, we really came together as a family. Um, and let me tell you something. The Owens bunch is a crazy bunch, right? Like you don't want to piss them off, but I will say this. There's never been a moment when my mom has not come through for me. Ever um, and 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 in my Owens and my my own side of my family too. Not shitting on the Walters. We're just I'm just talking to my mom here. So save that for Father's Day. Um, <laughs> but um, there's there's been times when I've been half a country away and I get um, a payment process from my bank account that wasn't supposed to, and I have zero dollars and I'm in another state. Uh, there's been times when I've torn my knee. Uh, I tore my ACL in my knee, and my mom drove get from, in a car yeah. and drove all day and pick her up and drive all night. Brought me right back home so I could go to the doctor. Um, so there's, I learned a lot about loving people from my mom, let's say that. So I, th I did know about um, Aunt Jody and the L thing. I just didn't know that th I was going to be a Joe originally. So yep. I did keep my middle name. I will never change that. Lynn, that's where it's at. And actually, just so you know, one of the funniest parts about like why I go by Leo now is because of Bampa's middle name. Uh, because Leo is in Bampa's middle name. My, my mom's dad, who passed away recently, his middle name is Leroy. So my Leo is in there in the middle of it. So um, so my kid my kids started calling me that. And then you kind of got to go with that because then it's going to get confusing if we're in Walmart. And I'm like, that's not my name, kids. Be like, there's someone else's if they're being bad. We'll just let them go. So, all right. So I want to know what was... Um, what was like, what was the funniest moment that you had with me as like a little kid slash toddler? Because um, I've said, I've, I've often said, it could not have been easy to raise me because I'm very stubborn and free-willed. Well, I think, <laughs> I think early on, I knew that um, there was going to be some philosopher and some articulation in your speech <laughs> at two at the cottage at the at the Walters cottage um, she had a Bible upside down and she was telling everybody hello pay attention to me I'm gonna preach I did. I did that. and um, really from that time on in many things she became somebody who would initiate and step up to the plate whether it was a day of prayer. Yeah, see you at the poll. Um, see you at the poll. Um, whether it was a group of friends. Mm -hmm. um, I remember in Smithport when somebody was shooting, somebody had been shot, yeah. and everybody was afraid to go to school. And I said, either you can choose to cower under the desk, you can choose to know what you believe and why you believe it, and you can lead your group. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. just have always enforced those things, but you always have, you've never shied away from stepping up to the plate. No, I haven't. Which is really something, if I'm being honest, I wish I could shy away from sometimes because sometimes I'm like, man, I just want to go to tops in anonymity. And then I can't because Elle is, Elle is doing my laundry. We have a dishes and laundry trade right now. So I do dishes. She does the laundry. And she was doing my laundry the other day. And she's like, do you have any shirts that aren't protest shirts? And I was like, no. And if I do, I throw them out. And so I, I sometimes like going to, to tops in anonymity is not a thing I can do. So, uh, but that's always been me. 
<laughs> for sure, for sure. Tell, can you tell everybody about uh, one of the coolest things I think you've ever told me is about when you were pregnant with me and when you would sing. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know, uh, my mom is an amazing singer and natural, naturally talented musician, far more talented by nature than I am. I'm just tone deaf and stubborn, but she's got perfect pitch. So, but there's a really cool story about when I was little that I would love for you to share. Um, so I sang. Um, as I traveled for the college that I worked for, that's how I paid my way through college. My parents had um, four kids, there were six of us, we didn't have a lot. So um, I worked for the college and represented the college during my summer and um, I sang. And I would do a lot of music and sing a lot, many times at the house by myself. And as she was in my stomach and I would sing, I could feel a hand or a foot, I'm guessing it would be a hand, and it just would go back and forth and back and forth. And when I would quit singing, it would stop. And even if I was singing in church, it went back and forth and so back wild. and forth. And there was always that very real connection, even though she was in my womb, mm -hmm. that she clearly knew that sense of music and what that did inside of me because it also affected her as well. Isn't that the coolest story? I like every time I think about that, I think that's so cool because like you knew as a mom, you knew from when I was very little, you had an intuition about how I was going to be as a yeah. person. So, yeah. And luckily you didn't think I was going to murder you in your sleep or something no. crazy. No, <laughs> never. No, I've always been, I've definitely always been really like, uh, not afraid to take on a challenge and I think part of that is because you and you know you, you raised us to be that way you raised me and Dylan's my brother but you raised me and Dylan to be that way like when we said when we said we're 16 we're 16 well I'm 16 my brother is 14 going on 15 everybody else is young all, all of other friends are younger than me and we said we're gonna start a band and I barely had my license and we're gonna be in a metal band by the way uh, and my parents literally they would come to every concert that was in that was within in a driving range trying to make sure if they were behaving yes yes but also like they would lug our equipment and run the soundboard and take the tickets i actually remember do you remember the year that we did a your mom rocks concert yes. at hillside wesleyan and bradford if you are on this video right now and you are at that concert i know it's a slim <laughs> chance but if you remember the your mom rocks concert with noetic and the fallen at hillside wesleyan and bradford it was like probably 12 years ago you have to drop a comment but my mom has always been my biggest champion and biggest supporter and i think that that's been something that's always pretty been pretty anchoring to me because i know i can call my mom and she's she might be like i told you this was gonna happen but then she'd help me like whatever i needed or if i make a phone call i don't, I don't know that i always say this is what was going to happen sometimes i say take a deep breath and step back mm -hmm. turn your phone off it's a good way. And stop letting all the outside voices and all the outside drama mm -hmm. fill your head. Mm -hmm. Stop. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just got to pull away and, and not let all of that control your thought process because yeah. that's easy to do in the world we live in. And you know what I think is interesting too? I'm getting, I'm getting cozy here. So, <laughs> you know what I think is interesting too is that like, I don't, a lot of people don't know what it's like to be a pastor's family. Um, I, I can almost guarantee that no one that's watching right now has been in a pastor's family. But something about being in a pastor's family is you're always in the limelight, yeah. whether you want to be or not. And it's not, it's not always a positive thing, but you're just, you know, you're, 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 you're the, you're the people that are always yeah. judged. <laughs> and I, one of the things I think is coolest is that you and dad went through a shit storm. 
with, with really not nice people. We're going to keep it like a little PG-13. Um, they, my mom and dad, I watched them go through, through just through the ringer with people left, right, and center who would try to attack our family. And mom and dad did two things. Mom never backed down. You know, she, she, she stood up for her family, but she also never stopped caring, which is interesting because like, there's a lot of days when I'm like, I don't want to care about people anymore. Like it would be very, my life would be like a lot easier if I just didn't care about other people. But something that I think that you taught me is like, you can take your lumps, you can stand up for, you know, you can stand up to protect the people that you love, but you still have to keep loving even the people who are coming at you. And I think that that's something that you you did. Well, I, I think we've talked about it many times in conversation is, is a lot of times, and, and this doesn't mean to be negative, but unhealthy people hurt people. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, um, it's not always intentional. Mm-hmm. It just oozes out. So you've got to get to a place where you don't take that personally mm-hmm. and you choose to step back in and love them again mm-hmm. because obviously they're hurting. They need something. I, yeah. You don't always know what it is, well, yeah. but to be there to be care, to care and to have mercy. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, is like, People don't like, it's like my mom works in a nonprofit now. I worked in the nonprofit world for a while. People don't come to, you know, nonprofit agencies or come to churches because everything's peachy, right? They come because something's wrong and you can't judge them because that something is wrong. And also innately, if you love people and if you work with people, there's going to be, it's going to suck sometimes. Yeah. And there's not much you can do about that. You, You just, you hope that you give them some tool, some skill set that they can draw from in the future mm-hmm. and benefit them in a time that they need it. And many times they don't. Mm-hmm. Many times they fall back into the same hole that they've been at. Mm-hmm. But I know for me, you don't know what time they fall in that hole is going to be the last time and they right. choose to make a different change. Right. Or you are able there, you're able to be there and to be for those people that are left behind. Mm-hmm. And, and reassure them that life will go on. Yeah, um, absolutely. Let's, I want to change the topic a little bit. Not really, because it's literally all just literally you and me shooting the shit. But uh, tell me about, like, tell me about a, a story in, that you remember from when I was little that you're like, yep, that would happen to Joel. Like, that would be, like, something funny that you just think, like, sums me up as a child. Um, I know there's, like, a lot to there, work with. So. There is a lot. And uh, forgive me because I have a little bit of COVID brain. <laughs> so I got to, I got to quick think these through. And sometimes it's not always quick. One of the things that comes to mind, we went to, we were going to the Walters cabin mm-hmm. and we were on our way there. I think we had stopped and got gas. We were just outside yeah. of where the Delta Lake was. And Joel got juice to drink. However, it said shake well on the bottle, and she proceeded to shake very intently without the lid on. <laughs> and as we turn around, juice is running down her face. And I said, how about with the lid on? <laughs> or not. Like, was there like a little crucial phrase that said like, you know, before opening or something? Oh, oh. That seems like really part and parcel for me because I'm like pretty smart, but sometimes stuff just goes. Um, common sense sometimes is a little, a little, you know, I think of the call I got and um, mom, the guys went to sleep in the back and I just saw a sign and I'm pretty sure it said wax 
Pittsburgh. Isn't that by Pittsburgh? For Why, those, yes. Yes, it is. Yep, yep, that was the first time I drove on a highway. It was uh, with the guys from the band, and they had all fallen asleep in the back. And I was, you know, just coming back from Erie by way of Pittsburgh, and which doesn't make any sense, sense, in case you're wondering. Yeah. So I was like, we were like three hours away in this old beat-up van. I didn't have a debit card at that point. <laughs> I had a cell phone. <laughs> and so my mom's like... I don't know how you got there. I don't know how you're going to get home. <laughs> Figure it out. You know? Always resourceful. There was a friend nearby. Always resourceful. We can never count out being resourceful. Yes. Um, Joelle always had a plan. I do. I I'm taught her to have a plan. If A fails, make sure you have a B and a C. Yeah. And that and that was money in uh, the glove compartment yes. that I got out when the car was totaled out. Yes. But she always had planned. Yeah, after after the after the uh, coming home from to Bradford from Erie by way of Pittsburgh trip, um, I did in fact learn to keep some money in the dashboard. Oh, Melody Wiseman says you look good on camera. Well, hey, thanks, Mel. My mom's best friend is watching. If you guys are in the comments, say hi to Melody Wiseman. That's my mom's, uh, like, from womb to two life. ride or die Yeah, bitch. life, life. <laughs> life video. best friend yeah, all friend. over the place. Yep. So, um, yeah, it was some common sense stuff really goes over my head. Elle says that all the time. She's like, we compare me to, like, the human equivalent of a golden retriever like just but then again listen it's not everybody that learns hebrew so there's that <laughs> um i have no desire to i mean um, truthfully i didn't but i see its value now right i still don't <laughs> see its value so oh i'll just keep mopping cleaning and doing laundry because i love that best you know uh, one of the things i remember from being a kid is just never wanting to go to sleep ever like i always felt like i was gonna miss out on something and truth be told i still feel that way i can be sitting downstairs in my living room and everyone else is in bed and i'm like I'm gonna miss something if I go to sleep. <laughs> did uh, yeah, time. yeah? Did you do you did you ever know that I kept a flashlight under my under my blanket and I would read on, in bed once you guys shut the light um, off? Hello, um, I I distinctly remember a time in Pleasantville uh -huh. would be second grade uh -huh, uh -huh. because you had um, RSV. Yeah, yeah. And you had been sick in the hospital, and. I heard you crying, and I'm thinking, what are you crying about? And I go in, and she's like, I'm afraid of dying. And I thought, what? <laughs> and she had been reading Revelation. I had the book of Revelation. Just flashlight <laughs> in, in the bedroom because Joelle was always, Joelle is a night owl. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I'm like, who reads Revelation in second grade? Second. 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 Um, yeah, I apparently in second grade, my interests included soccer and biblical prophecy. Yes. So there is yes, that. I wanted to know the timeline. Yep. 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 That's true. That's really funny. What's one of the uh, what's one of the things that you like value you mo the most about yourself that you worked really hard to like pass on to me? Um, I think. I think there were things that I wish I would have, I don't know if pursue is longer, but that I would have had a different level of passion for. Mm -hmm. And something that I believe Joel got innately was a tenacity. Mm -hmm. um, a tenacity to follow through with things. Sometimes I wanted to tell her to let it go and <laughs> let it die. 
I'm not good at that. I'm not good at it. She is not good at that. <laughs> um, but she also has a tenacity to finish. And there are two things I think of. We were at a soccer game in Foster Brook, and it was a co-ed game. And there was a boy that folded her in half, henceforth her bottom rib being shoved up underneath her ribs. That's a thing. And she came back to the side, and I had already been warned not to say anything. My mom was the mom that ran onto the field, so. So I was, I was already told not to go onto the field, and she's like, I'm going back out there, I'm gonna get him. And I said, um, you might want to calm that down. It's not football. You're not looking to tackle him. And to calm down. But yep. it's the tenacity she was going to finish. Yep. In probably first grade, she played indoor soccer. And God love the poor coach. <laughs> that kid took more balls to the face. Yeah. And he looked at her, Jason Shapiro, and said, do you want to come out of the game? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm not coming out of the game. And if you know Joelle, this is, I'm not going to cry. There aren't going to be any tears. I'm not going to let you see that this yes. is killing me. Yes. I'm going to finish this. Yeah. That's and one of my all-time favorites that really, really demonstrates the tenacity to finish something is they were bobbing for apples. I knew it was going to be this story. <laughs> and everybody else had moved on, was long gone to other games. And Joelle came with the apple in her hand and showed it to her dad. And I tell you, it had, I bet it had 75 chunks out of it. And she goes, I did it. <laughs> and she wanted him to know that she accomplished it. I did that's it. how her brain worked. And you know what my dad did? My dad was being a little punk and he put ice cubes in the bobbing for apples water. So, so, my, yeah, so my face was red. I distinctly remember having yes. like a, a facial brain headaches. Yeah. From, from, but like, gosh darn it, if I didn't get that apple, you know what yeah. I'm saying? There's a quote by Will, uh, by Will Smith, right? Like getting jiggy with it. I don't, I don't know when Will Smith became a bastion of philosophy, but he did. But there's a quote by Will Smith, and I love it. It's come to like symbolize my life, and I think you'll really, you'll really see a connection here. Um, Will Smith says that if I go into a gym and I get onto a treadmill next to another guy, I can guarantee one of two things is going to happen. One, I'm going to die on this treadmill. Or two, the other person is going to get off first. And so I, I think maybe, you know, I'm always dreaming up a book to write because that's the thing I've done since I was young. But I think the title of my autobiography could be like, I'm not afraid to die on a treadmill because that is me. And like, treadmill, you don't even have to be going anywhere to run on a treadmill. Like, I don't even necessarily, I just want to be the best all the time. It's very, very, very draining. Sometimes <laughs> I try to remind that it's okay to just sit. No, it's okay to I don't be do that. still. And, and then I think maybe I failed as a mom <laughs> that I didn't teach them to relax well. And I did, but I don't know. I do distinctly remember you getting up to vacuum during a movie because you couldn't sit still long. Enough. I don't do movies well. No. no. My mom is not I'm a movie a, person. I'm a clean. I'm always cleaning, cleaning, organizing, cleaning. <laughs> you are. You know, it's funny, though, talking about strategic thinking, like my brain's literally all over the place. But when you said, you know, how we like we both always have a plan A, B and C. I actually took a test in college. Um, it was in my developing a woman's gifting and calling class with uh, Wanda Walborn. And we did this test called the strengths finder 2.0 mm -hmm. and it's a it's a personality test if you guys yes. haven't taken it please yeah, yeah strengths finder go Excellent. go read it because what the strengths finder does is our, our human nature is to 
pick at ourselves for what we're bad at. But what StrengthsFinder does is it tells you what you're good at and tells you how to be the best at that. Yeah. And so one of my top five is strategic. And I think I see that in you too, for sure, because as soon as something happens, like in our family or something, even you're like, this is the plan, I'm doing this, I'm going here, I got this back up, I purchased a jet, we're on the way. Like my mom has that strategic thinking down. And so I think that whether be it through nature or nurture, like you, de I definitely get that from you. I, th I think the tenacity and the strategic nature, you got to give yourself some credit for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, I think sometimes, like, you know, everybody said, well, you're, you're, you're so black and white. Mm -hmm. I'm very black and very white she in is. my decision making. Um, I don't wait always for someone else to step up and do it. I'll just do it. I'll figure out how to make it happen. Yeah. Um, but I think that's because of some of the situations, you know, um, my sister being killed in a car accident, mm -hmm. I thought that that would be enough. And then I was diagnosed with cancer and mm -hmm. I thought that would be enough. And then I went through a divorce mm -hmm. and I thought that would be enough. Then my dad became sick, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'm wired mm -hmm. to handle those situations yeah. here yeah. and make a plan. That's mm -hmm. how I, that's, that's why I'm wired who I am. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's when I function the best. It is. It is. Function the best in crisis. It and is. that's not good because that is, uh, my brother who's a counselor would say, um, it's not good to live in crisis all the time. <laughs> the counselor, schmounselor, right. Uncle Jim with your psychological babble. Um, have you guys ever, if you've watched this job, drop a, a comment here in the comment bar. But have you guys ever, uh, drop a comment if you've watched Grey's Anatomy? Um, because there's a really cool quote on Grey's Anatomy that makes me think of you. It's when, um, I, I'm going to show like off a little bit of nerdery here, but uh, if you guys all remember Calzona, you know, Cali in Arizona, and, um, and, and one, I can't remember which one it is, uh, the white girl is talking to the brown girl's dad. Uh, and she's explaining she's explaining why she loves his daughter. And she said, she gives a whole speech about how, um, there's people when a storm hits, they run under deck and they panic and they hide. And then there's people that jump up and they take control. And, and, and what there's what she's saying in the context of the show is she loves her girlfriend because she's a good person in a storm. And I think that's true of you. I think that all the time, like my mom is a good man in a storm. You know what I mean? Like if there's a storm, right? Which I don't want anymore. I've had enough of recently. She says that. <laughs> But she'll jump in and help you. I will. I She's will. a sucker like that. I, <laughs> I am also a sucker like that. This is yeah. why I understand it. So what is, um, what's something that you learned from your mom that you think everybody in the world should know? I'm making these up off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, what I have learned from my mom, ironically enough, was in this morning's sermon. Um, first being love. But in order to love, you have got to have mercy. Mm -hmm. And having watched my mother um, as I was growing up and seeing maybe well-meaning, sometimes not well-meaning individuals, how they treated her mm -hmm. and her to hold her head high and stand beside my father mm -hmm. as a woman of honor mm -hmm. and go home and quietly behind the doors of her bedroom, the tears would flood down her mm -hmm. face. Mm -hmm. My mom is, I always say she, she deserves sainthood. She does, she really does. This though. is a woman that 
Oh, ush. if I'm ever like her, I'm a rough version of her. <laughs> but she is, she's merciful. Mm -hmm. She's gracious. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think maybe some of that is maturity when you mm -hmm. hit this point in mm -hmm. life mm -hmm. is when you can afford people that mm -hmm. and you no longer have to. Um, I had my rough days. I could verbally put you to a wall. Boom, 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 boom. Feels tough. And I've learned that I need to hold that and have mercy mm -hmm. and love. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we get caught up in life that it's about a lot of other things. It's about the paycheck. It's about this. It's about that. But if we can afford to give that to people, mm -hmm. irregardless, mm -hmm. irregardless of if they deserve it, mm -hmm. you will find that that will come back into your life True. a million times over. Yeah. Um, and just to love people for who they are, where they're at. Yeah. Um, why there might be things that I think need to change mm -hmm. or shift or whatever. We don't know what God's doing in the background. Right. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. The, we don't know the heart issues. Yep. Exactly. So just love people. Yeah. Absolutely. That's really that's really the heart of it, and not like a cheap loving people. Right. I think that's something. Now I promised my mom I wouldn't throw under the bus, so I'm not going to throw under the bus. But I think that's something that I've learned, like through us navigating our relationship together, because like you love me. Right. And, and I, and I understand, you know, at this point in my life that you've never done anything, uh, uh, like for me or towards me or anything that wasn't out of a place of just really, really loving me. Right. And I think that sometimes like, as we get older, right. Cause like I'm old now, I have five kids. She is. It's true. It's a thing. Like I, sometimes I message my mom and I'm like, you've got to be really old if your kid is like in their thirties. <laughs> Um, but I think like as I get older in life, I see that like, you know, navigating a relationship is so little about being right and wrong. And right. it's so much about just loving somebody, you know, be it a, in a, be it a marriage, be it a, a parent, be it a sibling, be it a random person who walks into your business. Like you have to just do that. And sometimes people say love and they mean it in the most backhanded way. Right. Right. And right. that like really right. bothers me. But I think if you can figure out how to live in that tension of, it's not really attention. Like we just love each other. Right. It's not... When when you um, can let go of the need to be the person that's always right, mm -hmm. and I guess that's the nicest way I can say it. Yeah. Um, in all that's going in our world right now, mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. When you can let go of that mm -hmm. and just embrace somebody. Yeah. That may be completely broken at the very core of mm -hmm. them, and you don't know it. Yeah. Because I was thinking about this today coming on and I was thinking about this whole thing with love and mercy. We all have baggage. Mm -hmm. We all have baggage. I have baggage. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how well I am put together. Now, grant you, my baggage will look a little different than yours mm -hmm. because my suitcase will have very folded, very neat piles and my stuff will be articulate mm -hmm. in how I place it in my suitcase. Mm -hmm. And there might be somebody else whose suitcase has stuff hanging out and they're, you know, they're walking up. It doesn't mean it's any different than mine. Mm -hmm. Mine just looks different. Right. But can you afford that person mm -hmm. love and mercy? Yeah. I think that's the, that's at the heart of so many um, like belief systems and it's also at the heart of so many big historical moments yeah. like uh, I I'm a nerd 
right? Um, and so one thing I like to do is kind of study people who have been uh, like leaders um, in uniting like disparate populations, right? So if you think about like apartheid in South Africa, if you think about the Northern uh, or the Irish Catholic uh, divide in Ireland, if you talk about Israel and Palestine, like if you talk about those things, I like to study what people did that worked, right? Like Desmond Tutu is one of my favorite um, like people to read. He's an archbishop. I want to say he's an Episcopalian. I might be wrong. Uh, but he talks, he, he did this thing called the Truth and Reconciliation Committee where he brought people together and they just talked about who they were. And like that ended up being able to being a part of how apartheid was ended, being a part of how, you know, these other conflicts were ended. And I think that really, you just like you said, you've got to give up the desire and the, like this is the drive to be I gotta right. Be right. You know what I mean? Because there's so there's so much work you can do and so many things you can talk about, so many lives to be lived while not having to agree on A, B, or C. But like, are you walking the walk? Are you talking the talk? Like, how are you doing that? And how are you pushing that forward in the world? If there's one, if there's one moment that you can think of now, this just triggered thought in my brain. I'm a parent now. We have five kids. I got one left at home. The other four we, we murdered. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, one's out of the country. She's about to come back. Thank goodness. One's at college. Two are doing their studies. Um, almost out of high school. And then we got our little one who's 12, who's actually just a man-sized baby. Uh, but I'm a parent now. And so there, there's like a lot of moments where you're like, damn, my mom was right. Can you think of a moment um, parenting-wise that you can think of when, when I've talked to you about something and you're like, yeah, I could have told you that. <laughs> like I something to say I could tell you a lot of things like that. <laughs> but again, it's, um, I think in parenting, and I think I tried to do this um, with you and Dylan, uh, Joelle could talk in front of 3,000 people and it's not a big deal. It's actually exciting. Dylan really struggled with that mm -hmm. and feeling like he was somehow not good enough mm -hmm. or um, maybe something was wrong mm -hmm. because he couldn't do that. So I purchased a book, Kevin Lehman, mm -hmm. about birth order mm -hmm. and how kids are wired. And it's crazy because kids are wired. Firstborn, middle child, yeah. youngest. There's a whole, you read it and it's like, whoa, did he write this book about me? Yeah. So I went through this book with my kids because Dylan was really struggling. And I drove Dylan from Coryville, PA to Cuba once a week mm -hmm. for about, I think it was eight weeks yeah. for an art class. This child is a phenomenal He's artist. He's an amazing artist. It's, it's, it's a natural gift, mm -hmm. natural talent, mm -hmm. just oozes out of him. Yeah. And he went to this class with like 60, 70 year olds. Yeah, like old, old retiree women. <laughs> they loved when Dylan was coming to class. Yep. Um, he learned it was okay to be who he was. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're all wired very differently. Yeah. Um, something I've often said to Joelle, <laughs> <laughs> I bought her storage container after storage container after storage container in hopes that she could organize stuff. That is not how her brain works. Mm -hmm. And I said, just please make enough money that you can pay someone to do that for you. <laughs> yep. I'm an organizer. Not me. <laughs> I can show her that skill set. Uh -huh. And I can, and, and she's probably used it to some extent. I have. I have a lot of storage containers. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't make someone into something 
that they aren't wired to be. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, I came to a place where I realized success is not contingent on what that looks like in their life. Mm -hmm. You know, if they're meeting all the things. Yeah. It's contingent on a relationship. Yeah. A relationship that we've worked over the years. Um, she's okay that I call her Joelle. Mm -hmm. Um, she doesn't hate me for it. She doesn't try to persuade me to that point. Listen, if there's no persuading Jill, <laughs> just okay. In case you're wondering, it's a lost cause. <laughs> but, but if you're trying, but you know, if we force everybody one direction or the other, then we lose individuality. We lose we do, who yeah. we are. Yeah. And then, um, I'm sorry, it'd be pretty boring. If we were all Jill's, there would be no mess to clean up. I'm just saying. We also wouldn't watch movies, though. Right. Thing, You're right. So and that thing. bummer. Yeah, yeah, you know. You know, another thing that's cool, and it's totally, um, it's like a trending topic right now, is the topic of gender roles. Because, like, a lot of times in society, there's very much, like, women do this and men do this. But something that I think was really cool um, that I think I learned from you is, like, my mom always did the lawn work and my dad always did the cooking. And uh, if there's you any... You have very, very reversed Yeah, roles. you had, like, reversed roles. And you were, like, in a lot of ways, you did a lot of paternal things and dad would do some maternal things. Like, you actually kind of both. Like, you get to be a two-for-one special. But, okay. Um, but, like, I think it's really interesting because I definitely learned about being a strong woman. And that's still a really important part of my identity. Like, uh, being a strong woman and being being like a feminist like those are very important things to me and I definitely learned that from you because you guys never once were like yeah you shouldn't play soccer uh you shouldn't do sports I loved sports I was in sports four seasons a year my mom doesn't even like the cold and she would come to my soccer games she might stay in the car I might stay in the car with the heater on high because the thyroid I'm yeah. always freezing but but yeah I'm you guys, yeah you guys always kind of just I think one of the things you guys did was you didn't really like in terms of household work, you didn't really divide stuff up into into like the woman's work and the man's work. Like whether or not you knew it, I think you were being progressive. Wow. I, I I think it's about being a team player. Mm -hmm. It's being able to pick up what the other person can't. And yeah. um, sometimes you might need to, to carry a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes you might not need to carry a lot. Mm -hmm. It depends on the circumstances. It depends where you're at in life. And I think we go through so many seasons in and out of seasons yeah. of our life that, um, you know, when I went through cancer, um, I could not have done what I did had Joelle and Dylan not been there. Um, uh, many times to my, maybe to my dismay, you know, <laughs> totally trusted, but she would take the bank card and she would buy groceries on her way home from pit. Mm -hmm. I was too sick. Um, I was just getting through one more day trying to get a shower and scrub my head. She said she was too sick, but I would come home and my mom had had, she had her throat, like she had her whole thyroid taken out, right? So her whole throat was cut. All the muscles were cut. Everything was cut. My mom's recovering. We're not sure if she's cancer free, whatever, but she's just recovering. It's me. My dad drives truck over the road. So it's me and my mom my little brother and I would come home and I would see that the whole living room had been rearranged and I was like how did this happen and she's like well I just sat on my butt and I pushed with my legs and I was like mom that's not advisable that's not what the doctor said to do but there's that that's where the phrase where there's a will there's a jill came from right <laughs> which is you just don't ever give up like your neck could be cut open get shit done <laughs>
<laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think you, you got to give yourself some, some credibility there. So, um, man, there's so many funny things we could talk about. Oh, so many funny things. You know what's really funny is I would distinctly remember you also like debating you guys to go to bed and stuff. Like, I shouldn't need to go to bed right now because this, that, or the I other. need one more drink of water. If I don't have a drink of water, I'm going to have to wake you up in the middle of the night because I'm going to be very thirsty. Get <laughs> to bed now. You know, like... Now. I, there's, there is some downsides to your fourth grader <laughs> taking a seminar in logic. Like, I don't know, I was, I was reading Revelations in second or, grade. Or reading a book in sixth grade on time management and I how much time that. you're wasting at school, I X point hours, that. whatever. Yeah. I did, I did, I did. I did not have a normal child. <laughs> it was 2.8 hours a day I was wasting at school, I remember. And that book laid the framework for me to graduate early because oh. I went into the office oh. and I said, I'm waiting. Oh. I'm wasting 2.8 hours a day walking to classes, taking unnecessary help study me. Calls. Somebody help me! <laughs> and you know, they try to tell my mom I couldn't graduate early. And I say this all the time. I don't know if I've ever said it to you, but if if I was given the choice of being thrown into a pit of wild, angry, rabid beavers, right, <laughs> or opposing you. I would hands down choose the wild, angry, rabid beavers. Because my mom went into the office and she was like, no, this is not going to happen. Like, here, I'll let my kid graduate early. Boom, sign it. You know what I mean? My mom, like, went right in and went to bat for me. I think that's another thing, too, that you do really well, is you go to bat for people who you love. And it's never based on a merit, right? You, I mean, we... Dylan or I could do literally anything and you would still go to bat for us. You'd probably grab us by the ear later and be well, like... I, would, I wouldn't just go to bat for anything. <laughs> but if there was merit in the situation, mm -hmm. I stood behind. Mm -hmm. um, and I think some people need that. I, I think yeah. oftentimes in the world today, we don't do that. Yeah. Um, we just, oh, well... Tie another knot. Hold on. Good yeah. Luck. Yeah. Yeah. You need to like, everybody needs someone who's fiercely in their yeah. corner. Right. And if it's, and I think, I think you and Dylan know I'm fiercely in your corner, absolutely. even at this age, yeah. I'm fiercely in your corner. Um, I needed to be fiercely in Dylan's corner a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And you know, uh, it was crazy. Um, I wasn't sure I, I knew I needed to get on a plane. I needed to get on a plane fairly quick. I didn't know what circumstances or situations were going to be when I got there, mm -hmm. where I was going to stay or anything. I didn't even know how long I was going to go out. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, okay, God, you know what? I went this way or this way. It was another 60, 60 bucks. I booked the ticket. I was there. What did I do? Jill cleaned. She did. She cleaned. Jill, Jill she cleaned and organized. <laughs> you made chair covers, too. I remember that. Holster chair covers. Uh, took care of the dog. And loved fiercely. Yeah. Loved fiercely. And knew I wasn't going to be there every day. So found me some some store on some corner in San Diego. Mm -hmm. Bought a year calendar. Put everybody's birthday on it. Wrote notes through the whole 12 months. Wrote thoughts through the whole 12 mm -hmm. months. Because I wasn't going to be there to say it. Yeah. I love you. Mm -hmm. I love you. <laughs> I always want my children to know that I love them. Mm -hmm. I may not always agree mm -hmm. with their choices or decisions. And they may not always agree with mine, mm -hmm. but I gave them the skills. Mm -hmm. I gave them the tool set mm -hmm. and you're adults now. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one of the things like I'm not throwing under the bus, 
I'm just like putting that out there. But I never thought we were gonna have a conversation about when I came out. I really never thought that was gonna happen and I wasn't gonna push it. Cause I was like, I just wanted my family in my life. You know, when I came out, everybody's like, cut off your family. You know, if they're negative, cut them off. And sometimes that happens with families. Mm -hmm. Like there's toxic there's people. There's a lot of unhealthy. But that was that, my situation was not that, right? I wasn't gonna cut off my family because I'm, I'm a product of the Owens family. Like I love family dinners. I love- We eat well. We eat well. We're very chaotic when we're together. My family is like- All toxic ones. Yeah, if you've ever seen my big fat Greek wedding, it's like that, but we're not Greek, right? Um, and, and I wanted that. I did not want to get rid of that in my life. It didn't feel like something I wanted to get rid of. And I never, I never expected you to say, you know, like to apologize, but that was also something that you did recently that I really learned from. And it's something that I've tried to employ with my kids is say like, I messed up and I'm sorry and I shouldn't have done that, but please know that my intention was that I love you. And I think that that was a really big moment. And that was, you know, that was a defining moment in my life for me because I was like, yeah, you know what? Like my mom loves me. Cool. And it's so funny that we need that as we go on, right? Like I'm a grown ass adult. I pay my taxes. You still need your mom. You still, like, yeah, there's something to be said there to be able right. to know, you know, and that was really important to me. So I want to thank you for that publicly. I told you I was going to put you on the spot about it, but I want to thank you. Um, because I think that that's something, that's, that's kind of the one thing that I hope that everybody would take from this conversation is that you don't have to give up on something because I you think disagree you can, with something. I think you can get caught up in the argument. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we lose a lot in the argument, not knowing that we're losing it. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean you have to change who you are, but you need to be able to sit down and have a conversation and be able to hear each other, mm -hmm. hear each other. Mm -hmm. and, and be able to get up and walk away from the table agreeing to disagree. Mm -hmm. um, my job, was to raise her to give her a tool set to mm -hmm. give her what she needed to to be employed in life to love other people which by the way i'll tell you both of my kids will get in a gutter with somebody they'll mm -hmm. love them mm -hmm. you always stand up for the kid who has no one mm -hmm. that that is oh oh that's my heart mm -hmm. and um but i it, it is not my job to change joelle it's not my job that's between her and god mm -hmm. does that mean that i don't care no but it doesn't mean that Jill has to do that. That's mm -hmm. not my place. Um, we were talking about it before we actually flipped the camera on. There, the Holy Spirit does a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And it's the Holy Spirit's job. And if the Bible says the Spirit knows all things, that's his gig. Mm -hmm. I don't have to carry that. I don't have to do that. That's his job. Mm -hmm. He does that with me. He does that with you. He does it with all of you who are yeah. listening. Um, if you need an answer in your life, ask him, he'll give it to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I don't know. It's like, I have some great friends that are atheists. I'm firmly a theist. Um, like I might not, you know, there's some ways in which I think anybody who's being intellectually honest should say they're agnostic because like, even if you're a Christian, you can't know everything about God. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, but that's, that's, that's a semantic argument for another day. But I think there is some merit we to don't do arguments. We don't do arguments. No, there's, there's, there's a lot of merit too, to realizing that there is like the spirit is working in all of us in some way, yeah. right? And what by by whatever name, you know, like a rose by any other name, right? But the spirit is working in all of us in some way, and you've got to at some point trust that people are going to either get their shit together or they're going to fall off. But it's not your responsibility. Right? You can love them, but it's not your responsibility. And that's really hard too, because I mean, 
We, like, there's a streak of codependency in our family. I think we can talk about this, right? <laughs> yeah. um, where you feel like you, you are responsible for someone's actions. But that's something I had to learn, especially going through, I went through a divorce. I was married to an alcoholic. Sure wish I knew more about alcoholism before I got married. Um, but I did learn a lot about my own tendencies to try to just save someone. That was another situation that I had to go and help. Yes. My mom just was a saying. gangster. I'm just saying. I'm just Pack saying. a house, move a house in a day. There you go. That day, it was an hour. I, I was my marriage was ending. I found out that my spouse of six months was cheating on me, and my mom and dad showed up with a van. They didn't even like each other at that moment. They're having a bad day. My dad was like, "All right," and my mom's like, "Get in the car, break." And they came over, and in an hour, they had all my stuff moved out, and they got the dogs, and they got me, and they took me back. And it's like zero questions asked because at some point, like that's your kid. And I'll never forget you and dad looked at me, and you're like, "No matter who you loved, no matter if it was a man or." a woman someone hurt my baby girl and I'm pissed like I remember that exact conversation and and my parents came uh you know and they, they got me and my mom helped me get into counseling and I stayed with them for a while till I got back my feet but I don't know you never you're never too old to meet your mom right yeah <laughs> I've gotten calls to come to the ER I've gotten calls to you name it. yeah um you do what you got to do and 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 if there needs to be a little prodding to get <laughs> staff Moving, maybe. I'm just saying, my mom's really good at getting people to do their job. <laughs> I do try to do it in the most gracious way. She does. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you can say, well, I didn't have this in my life. I didn't have that in my life. There were a lot of, I, I would say there's a lot of negative things, but at the same time, we chose to to count it all joy, yeah. like the Bible says. Yeah, that's um, not what I remember. Like, we went through some shit. We, we, we chose to, wherever we went, to find the positive mm -hmm. in it, chose to find the people that we were there to help, mm -hmm. chose to um, make the good memories of it mm -hmm. versus, you know, being the negative, mm -hmm. and it was just all yeah. not worth that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, does it affect you? Sure. Um, we all go places and visit places based on food because we might have an unhealthy food obsession. We do. That's why I have hits. We eat when we're stressed. <laughs> but, um, you know, really, it, it, in the end of the, you know, even up to this point in life, God has been good to us. Mm -hmm. We have walked through some really tough valleys. Mm -hmm. But God has been good to us. Mm -hmm. He's never failed us. He's mm -hmm. never forsaken us. And um, life isn't what we thought it would look like. Correct. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, life isn't what we thought it was going to look like. I thought I would have grandchildren running around and I would be having hosting Christmas dinners <laughs> and I would be, you know, ah, all this stuff. And my life so does not look like that. <laughs> um but that doesn't mean I have I don't have something to be happy about. That doesn't mean I don't have something to be excited about. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's our perception of things mm -hmm. and how we look at it and how we view it. Yeah. Um, I want to shout you out too because there this is also not throwing her under the bus. This is a good thing. But I want to like let you know like there was a moment in my life that made a really big difference to me, a really big impact to me. And I don't know if I've ever even told you it, but um, for those of you guys who don't know, Elle and I have 5011 children. Um, 
And uh, we're both self, you know, we're self-employed. And um, there was a year where it was particularly hard for us to pull off Christmas. And my mom uh, did what Jill does. She made shit happen. And she rallied the troops and ended up being able, between friends of hers, her church, and my, my family, the Owen side of the family, provided us with a tote of gifts for each one of our kids, which we have 5011. So 5011 totes. And then there was a tote full of, of food. And there was a tote full of cleaning stuff. And then you let us, like, you got us all winter jackets or something. And that was jackets, really, yes. like, you know, like, I know that you're not, it, it didn't look like how you thought it was going to look. Like, right. you know, you got a prepackaged set of grandchildren. <laughs> but I do know that all of my kids remember coming to the house and remember you talking about my childhood and remember the fact that you went out of your way to learn how to make a Puerto Rican food for you. And it, for it, us, was, you know. it was crazy. It was, um. I, I don't think I had seen you for a while. Yeah, about a minute. And um, it, I don't even remember where I was working. Sorry, I changed jobs on occasion. And um, I just had asked God. I was in Olean that day, and I had asked God, God, you know, I, I could try to track her down, or you could just put her in front of me. Because if I am not mistaken, yeah. we were in the Walmart parking lot. Yeah. I was pulling in to go to Old Navy, and she pulled in directly. And I'm going... Joelle across the parking lot <laughs> and she comes over to give me a hug and we're talking mm -hmm. I might have even given you a part of it half of a sandwich yes you, you yes, were you very think you, you were really tight at that my point. mom always gives me food which is a pro tip for moms out there always give your kids food no matter how old they are it never falls on deaf ears <laughs> and, and, and had shared where they were at mm -hmm. and as I drove home I remember my heart being broken and I'm thinking, why didn't you come to me? Because I would have made sure you had what you needed. But she didn't because she's stubborn, like her mom. Guilty as charged. And so uh, I do. I have a group of friends even to this day. If someone has a need, I shoot the need out. And I'm like, here's what I got to have. This is where you can drop it off. Mm -hmm. And um, we made what needed to happen happen. Not because we wanted to be recognized, but when you're there, that's a really tough place to be there. Mm -hmm. um, I remember growing up and times when there was no food mm -hmm. and how that was provided by God. Mm -hmm. And so you provide, mm -hmm. you do what you need to do. Mm -hmm. um, but those are the things that forever bond you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Forever bond you. Absolutely. I have to tell you, well, first of all, thank you, because obviously that made a big difference to us and even to my kids, you know. They're little shitheads, so they might they not say anything about, about the sponges. Years, but... Yes, I was going to say this. I wanted to share that story. Um, so in the box of cleaning supplies, there was sponges. Shocker, cleaning supplies from Joe. I know. And my kids are opening the boxes, and they're like, sponges? We're living like rich people. <laughs> And I'm like, it was just that animated too. They were so stoked about the sponges, but that, that made a huge difference to me. And I think that that just goes to show, I also have to note that that was my whole family too. Yeah. Like my mom was like, you will grandma do this. <laughs> but grandma, great grandma, aunts, uncles, friends of hers, her church, like showed up for my family. And that was wildly important to me too. You know what I mean? Cause that's, 
Like I was raised in a house where we did that, right? And then like I was worried I wasn't gonna have that relationship with my family. And that was that was a couple of years ago. We weren't talking as yeah. much at that right. point. You know what I mean? And and you know, you still you literally pulled off Christmas for my family, which was crazy because 50, 11 kids and sponges. Like it's a lot. Um, but I was so like so grateful for that. And I don't you know, being a step parent is a different thing. Like I wasn't there for their births. Like I wish more than anything I could be back there for their births, but I would have been in high school, so that'd be weird. Um, <laughs> but I wish more than anything that I could have been there for their births. But I just hope that in some way I impart something that you gave me to my kids. And and I try like I can see different different things in all of them. Um it, the different things that I can do with all of them where I can try to show them something that you showed me and I only hope I could be half as good of a parent as you were. I'm teetering on like an 8th or a 16th right now, but <laughs> oh, just ask my kids. All of the, Actually, fun fact, all of my kids have compared me to Hitler at one point or another. Uh, four out of the five have recanted, so that's a good odds, right? Um, really, there's a big thing that happens between like 10 and 14 where it's just awful. Um, I wish we could yeah. send them away for that period, but then they start to become human again. And yeah. that's really, really cool. They realize so. the sacrifices. Yeah. Yeah. Now my daughter who, if she watches this, she might punch me for saying this, but my daughter who lives like halfway across the world, like, you know, she'll call us, it'll be three in the morning her time and she'll call us just to talk. And you really, you know, she wanted to go out and see the world and now she wants to buy the house next door to us, you know? So, um, oh, oh. Oh, <laughs> oh! I don't want to live in Bradford or Ole, and I need to go somewhere big. I oh. came back. Oh, I came back. <laughs> not quite as bad as you thought. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Is I graduated from high school early, and I, something in me knew that for as mature as I was, I wasn't ready to leave my family. And so I, I graduated early to stay, and I went a year at Pitt, and then I went to Nyack. And then I came back because it was too far. And then I went back to Nyack, and, and then I was going to live in the city. And then I came back because it was too far. And now I'm still here in Olean. But... Moral of the story is I love my mom. She lives close by, so. <laughs> yep. Um, so I'm, I have no idea how long you've been going on, but it seems like it's about the right time. So, um, oh yeah, it's an hour. Wow, it's like. So I just want to, I'll just do what I want to do now. Yeah, no, I was going to say, whatever you want to say, the floor is yours. So I know, I, I have glasses, and even with glasses, I could not tell who was giving comments. <laughs> I apologize. I got two interests. I saw lots of comments. Mm -hmm. um, I'll go back and watch it again. But I know a lot of you, um, you know, some people just tend to, okay, if this is her choice, and I'm not going to have anything to do with it, they're like, blah, 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 mm -hmm. you know, and just, mm -hmm. um, as hard as that is, I refuse to do that. And I'm not going to lie. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the struggle's been real. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about the struggle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but at the end of the day, I love her. I have been to the Dominican with some of y'all. Mm -hmm. I have been to Edinburgh mm -hmm. on a campus. I have been to concerts. Mm -hmm. Some of you have been in my home. Mm -hmm. um, it was nothing to have a house full of kids. All the time. Whoosh, all the time. All the time. But I would, I loved it because I knew where y'all were and y'all were safe and you had food to eat. So there's that. <laughs> um, it wouldn't change that for anything mm -hmm. in the world. Um, so I just want to give a shout out, you know, uh, I was thinking about memories, mm -hmm. and as I was thinking about the memories, the group of girls that I went with to Dominican, yeah. and in my Bible, I still have a note. She's a state trooper now. Oh, yeah. Sarah Bartbart. Sarah. <laughs> Sarah. Sarah, I'm tagging you in this. Um, I so remember you. Oh, girl, you made me laugh. Anyway, I still have the note you wrote 
to mom from the group <laughs> in my Bible today. And I think of you often mm -hmm. and you're probably thinking that woman's went on and lived her life. I have thought a lot of you, mm -hmm. all of you at different times, Meg. Um, there's many of you that I have crossed paths with mm -hmm. and know that there hasn't been a day that's passed that I have not thought of you all mm -hmm. and or at some time prayed or prayed a lot for you. Mm -hmm. um, that's just how Jill is. That is how Jill is. Um, girls from Nyack, uh, yeah. Mal Williamson. Oh, um, I just reconnected with her recently. She's doing great. All, all kinds of people yep. that have crossed my path. Yep. And something that I want to say to you is I know life throws some real tough curveballs. I've been there. Mm -hmm. I, I Listen, I, my husband that I'm married to now went through COVID in December. As we were going through COVID, in the, at the end of February, I'm sitting in my living room and I hear water. Mm. We had major ice damage to our house. Well, I could have fallen apart. I could have just really lost it because, honestly, I was pretty well spent. Yeah. God has blessed me with a new house that I'm not paying for. Mm -hmm. The whole inside, outside is going to be redone. Thank you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, life isn't always what you think it's going to look like. But I want to remind you today as a mom that you can have hope. You can have hope and find that person that loves you. Mm -hmm. Find that person that's willing to have mercy mm -hmm. and to just stand in your corner. And if it's why you cry, you cry. Mm -hmm. If it's for answers and wisdom, it's answers and wisdoms. Mm -hmm. If it's to have a good laugh till you cry, had some of those. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, find that person. But at the end of the day, you can find that hope in Christ. Mm -hmm. And and I know this too. Life's short. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So don't alienate people because you think maybe they don't agree with you mm -hmm. or they're not doing the right thing. Make amends in that relationship mm -hmm. because you don't know. You never know. You don't know. And something that I've learned at this point in my life is don't live life with regrets. Mm -hmm. Just just don't. Yeah. When my father became ill, I walked away from a job, never looked back twice, told him I'd stay with him until he took his last breath. And I did. And she did, yeah. And yeah. I have no regrets. Mm -hmm. And I have that relationship to look back and say, you know what? He was an amazing father. Mm -hmm. Um. So I don't know, maybe, maybe you need, maybe you need to reach out to Joelle, to me. I don't know. I was I'm just going to say, this is, <laughs> the point. The mom. this is the point of the show where I always say, drop your contact information, but my mom doesn't like technology. <laughs> so if you need to talk to the Jill, you send me a message. Yeah. I'll pass it on in a smoke signal. And, and there still is a lot of you that I do keep in contact with that, yeah. that you do hit me up on Facebook or messenger that I'm there. Um, listen, Life is tough right now. We've been through a year of really intense um, stress yeah. on top of, of um, illness. And yeah. it has changed life as we know it. Absolutely. And um, you can live in complete and utter fear mm -hmm. or you can live life. Mm -hmm. I've chose to live life. That doesn't mean that I didn't have to face potentially death yeah. and that Brady could have died. Um, but we're all headed there at some point. Yeah. And so 
So I just want you to know there's hope. Mm -hmm. There's hope. And while it seems like some people might not have love and mercy, I got love and mercy. Yeah. I give love and mercy every day where I work. Mm -hmm. um, I might not agree with the choices they've made, but to me there's no human that doesn't deserve some level of basic decency. Yep. Um, verbal communication mm -hmm. without being disrespected. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but by the grace of God, I'm not where they're at. Mm -hmm. Really. Yeah. Um, There's some solidarity there. Yeah. So, so this is the story of Jill. Um, Jill is Jill is a quintessential mom. I uh, I I posted or she posted something the other day on Facebook, and it was like, if you weren't a mom, what would you be? And then she didn't answer the question. Like the first rule of Facebook, you can't like repost if you don't answer. And then <laughs> I you, break all the rules. You answer Facebook, and then sorry. you repost. And so I blew her up. I tagged her and I was like, Mom, you have to comment. Like you have to say what you would be. And uh, my you know my mom. The question was, what would you be if you weren't a mom? And my mom was like, you know. I always wanted to be a mom. And uh, I think that's what you do really well. You just mom people. Um, I, I do. I mom people. You mom people um, and drop now, do I really, that was the greatest thing. I never wanted to be anything other than a mom. If I knew what I know now, I guess I thought by only having two kids, I was going to, when I turned 40, I was, I, I'm not really sure where the payroll was coming for it, but I was going to travel and do whatever. Anyway, that's not my life. And so um, I would have had a whole lot more children had I known. But uh, I say after two, it's a little rough. But I love love nieces and nephews and love people. And I do. That that's my job. I do mom. Mm -hmm. And um I listen to people to know what matters most because all of us want to be heard. Mm -hmm. And when we're not heard, it's really devastating. Um you feel really Yeah, like just invisible and invalidated and all of it. Yeah. All of the emotions yeah. come up. And, uh, you know, we all want to be heard. Yeah. We all want to feel like we're loved. Yeah. And, um, literally, a, a, like a hundred percent of what you just said is like my shtick. Yeah. So like, even if I didn't like, okay, so basically I'm going to have to give my mom all of the credit in my book jacket because none of my <laughs> ideas are original and they all came from my mom, whether they were, whether they were stated or implicit, apparently none of my thoughts are original. <laughs> but well, um, it, I think it shows how, how, what great influence we do have if we choose to, absolutely. to influence those around us. Yeah. yeah. And you know what, when, what, what, that influence would have been severed if we were just like, yep, we don't agree. Bye. Yeah. Right. I, I do respect, um, I want to wrap it up here, but I, I have to say, I do respect that me coming out challenged everything that you believe. Yeah. But in me, like in me coming out and challenging everything you've ever believed, you still managed to love me. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's well, I, such an important I think I, I love everything, you know, talking about, there's so many memories, mm -hmm. so many memories. Um, I think of all the late night appetizers at Applebee's. I think of the nights we sit in the hot tub and mm -hmm. we just talk about the school day. Mm -hmm. I think about the little road trips we take and all, yep. and all the conversation and um, all of those hold so much value. I mean, it, it's hard to just say one idea or one situation yeah. Yeah. or circumstance or Waffle House experiences, Sam. <laughs> um, Sam. You, I, I have to say, you know, as much as, as there is rough, there were so many memories that were good memories Absolutely. by choice. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. By choice. Yeah, and it had nothing to do with 
it had nothing to do with finances because like we were poor. We didn't have a we didn't even have enough money to buy the OR. We were poor. <laughs> um, you know, and, and and we were, you know, kind of nomadic. We moved a lot and a lot of times where we moved to, people were waiting with pitchforks instead of open arms. But like our like us, we were like an unbreakable unit and we still are, like ride or die, you know. Um and I think that I, I, I hope everybody has that with somebody. I got it with my mom. I'm lucky, right? Um, so I, yeah, I just, I, I want to say thank you for coming on. So I know you're a little nervous. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I know a lot of you guys, uh, I have to thank you. This has been a really, really viewed video, which is super dope. I have to thank you guys for that uh, and for your interest. But really when it comes to being Leo and when it comes to doing conversations, I couldn't do what I do now without the influence of my mom. And also, if you can believe it or not, Mama Jill took you to church for a minute, but she's not even the preacher in the family. So you see where it's coming from. But um, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for coming on, and I want to thank everybody for watching. Um, this is what we do. This is what I'm trying to do. Like, even though I look nothing like you thought I would look, I'm still doing the exact things you taught me to do. So. I think it's the heart. Yeah, absolutely. The heart. Yeah, and it, it's just, there's that continuity. So um, thank you guys so much for coming to Conversations. Uh, this is this is what we do every week, spiritually minded conversations about life, belief, and the intersection of the two. Um, I am here for you regularly. You can contact me on Instagram, Facebook. You can do Twitter, but I'm good at Twitter. Um, TikTok, whatever you want. But you, you're, you're more than welcome to contact me if at any moment you need a person that's in your corner. Um, and you, can, you can contact Jill, but like yeah. Via me, cause like technology. Um, <laughs> help! Send him help. Uh, so yeah, so this is what we do. This is what we exist for. This know is what that you're loved. Is. Know, know that, that you're loved. Yeah, know that you're loved uh, beyond context, and um, not in spite of context, but because of context. You are loved because you exist and because you matter. Uh, so this has been conversations, spiritually minded conversations about life. We'll be back here next Sunday night at seven o'clock, probably. I don't remember who's up, but I know it's someone good. Um, also, I just wanted to let you. Folks know if you could please do me a favor uh, if you don't follow me on YouTube if you could go to conversations official with hashtag Leo WT and subscribe to me that would be amazingly helpful uh, one of the ways that you could people ask me all the time how you can help with conversations one of the best things that you can do it costs you zero dollars and zero cents but if you can like and subscribe to conversations official on every possible channel YouTube Spotify Apple Podcasts, conversationsofficial.com if you can like and subscribe to those channels, it will help immensely. And if you want to go above and beyond, what you can do is while you sleep at night, <clears throat> excuse me, while you sleep at night, if you can play a playlist of videos on YouTube, go to any one of my playlists and click play all. Or if you go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast and just click play all, you can literally mute me. But if you let those videos and podcasts play, that will build up my analytics, which will increase my reach. And what matters there is that a lot of people need to hear what we're talking about, and we got to get the message out. So the way to do that is to play the social media game and to build the analytics. So social media, um, if you want to help, that's the best way to help, zero dollars and zero cents. This has been Conversations. This is the Jill. I'm the Leo. We'll see you later. Have a good night, everybody. Bye. This has been the Conversations Podcast. Thank you so much for joining. If you have any questions or comments or just want to get involved, feel free to join the conversation on social media. You can find us at Conversations Official on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. 
And please don't forget to rate, follow, and share this podcast. We're available on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for joining the conversation.